Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. They're not just toys. They're Marvelicious! Hello and welcome to issue 175 of Marvelicious Toys. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. Oh boy, I'm going to touch my hot toy tonight. (laughs) This is Justin. Do you wear protective gloves when you touch your hot toys, or is that just me? (laughs) I feel like I should, but since uh, the hot toy we're talking about doesn't have any shiny metal on it, I don't feel necessarily that that has to happen. Well, that's right. This episode, we will be getting to a hot toy review, as well as reviewing the Metal Marvel Legends Captain America shield and talking about quite a bit of news and a few bargains. You're going to want to stick through this episode to find out how you can save, I don't know, $100 or so on a hot toys figure. And I want to know. Well, I will tell you. But first, let's do something we don't do a whole lot on this show. Let's become... Marvelicious Toys Court Podcasting, you know, the Court TV toy version. Uh oh. <laughs> We've gone to a lot of Wizard World conventions this year. I love Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan. I don't think that's a secret, right? Have we done six, seven? I mean, <gasps> New Orleans. Okay, well, let me count. Hold on. Only five. Only five. Possibly. I think that's about right. Only five. Okay, but I will say that what? Three of them were my fault? Yeah, yeah. And two were ones we go to every year. Yeah. Well, I guess not my fault. Well, no, it's not your fault. It's the fault of a gentleman named Stephen Seamus, who we're going to talk about today. Stephen Seamus, brother of Garib Seamus, founder of Wizard. Well, Stephen was their chief marketing officer, not just doing advertisements, but negotiating with all the talent. So it is Stephen Seamus we can thank for getting Chris Evans to New Orleans and Chris Hemsworth to Cleveland and then both of them plus Tom Hiddleston to Philadelphia. You seem to be forgetting Sebastian Stan and all this. Sebastian Stan is like caravanning with the wizard crew, but (laughs) we often, while at these conventions, Marjorie and I would say two things simultaneously. One... They really oversold this event. They're never going to get people through this line. And two, how the hell are they making money off of this? This has got to be expensive. We just sit back and wonder how much it costs to get these people in. Can't be cheap. Flying them in for a day, getting big cast. We're like, wow, they must be making money hand over fist. The costs are certainly going up. But when we go to a small, small convention like both Cleveland and New Orleans were. Yeah, and you know, honestly, Philly wasn't that big either. But it's their second biggest. I understand it, but Philly is so much smaller than Chicago in size and crowd comparison. It's, I mean, it's not even in the same league. So we wondered, how did they make all this money to pay for this? Well, they didn't. Oh, boy. According to news that came out on 
Sunday morning. And I do suggest going to bleedingcool.com. We'll link to the article. They have the full court papers and I read every page of them. It's the only time I've read every page of a legal document that didn't involve me personally. (laughs) Well, here's what is being alleged by Wizard World after they fired Stephen Seamus. Seamus was making money losing fixed fee deals with the celebrities. So they'd pay Chris Evans X or Tom Hiddleston, who I hear through the grapevine is exceptionally expensive to get here in the U.S. to do events like that. He'd pay them and Wizard would lose money. Now, that's just called being a bad employee or a bad businessman. That's not criminal. Right. What's criminal is then he would either, this is vague in the court documents, have them give him memorabilia that they would then sign, so I don't know if it's photos or something like that. And then he would have them sign autographs for him and represent that it was part of their Wizard World deal, which according to the court documents means these people were charging more for their Wizard World appearances, and yet part of it was working for Seamus personally, who would then use a network of people, including family members, to sell all of this online. Ooh, boy. They're suing him for $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he might be getting off a little bit light. I don't know how much these autographs go for or how much he was selling or if he just all went big names or if there's little names involved. I mean, there's a big difference between a Chris Evans autograph and, say, the Power Ranger dude's autograph. Sure. But I guess what I'm saying is in something like this, if it's going to be punitive, I mean... The next guy thinking about pulling the scam is like, oh, crap, if it only costs a million bucks, then, you know, I'll just shoot bigger and make sure I make three million dollars. That's assuming he made a million and God only knows how much he had signed. They do not allege numbers. I know from an acquaintance that Chris Evans did a private signing in New Orleans the night before the convention and signed hundreds and hundreds of autographs. Now, that private signing, who was it for? I don't know who arranged it. I don't know. Could it have been Seamus? It could be. I'm not even insinuating it is. It could be. And Seamus could have taken money from those people and never given it and said it was part of the Wizard World thing. I'm completely making stuff up right now. So don't take this as anything more than me speculating wildly. But (laughs) yeah, million dollars. Here's the only reason I bring this up on the show, because none of this is collecting related. What is impactful to our listeners, the whole reason I bring it up, does this mean Wizard won't get the big guests anymore? Are the days of Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans at these cons over because these were money losing deals and they fired the guy who had a vested interest in making them? Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to how much he was fleecing the company on these these deals. Like, I mean, was he not negotiating at all with getting these celebs in? Like, would let's say they offered Hemsworth $50,000 for one day. I mean, would Hemsworth possibly be doing it for 25 and he just wasn't negotiating? Who knows? But now I guess the, the price has kind of been set. And if they if they got paid X amount last time and the new guy comes in and offers them, you know, lower than that at what they can afford, then you're right. We might be seeing an end to big names. The converse is if they go, he was making how much by selling them online and w- said it was part of the deal. OK, well, now it is part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
I don't know which way it'll go with that, but I'm just very thankful we did take all the trips, as hard as it was, because traveling that much is very difficult when, you know, you have jobs and a home and everything else. I'm glad we went because I don't know that we will be seeing that kind of thing again regularly at a wizard. And what a shame, but I'm glad that, like, I am done. And, I mean, I've literally dropped the mic on photo ops and cannot top what I've done. I, I'm just, there's no more. There's no more for me. I, I can't. What does that mean you don't want Benedict Cumberbatch's autograph? Uh, no. <laughs> I do. Well, that's because you're an autograph collector. I'm not an autograph collector. You're not? No. Okay. Justin? I do not collect autographs on purpose. I have a really cool Blu-ray that Arnie hooked me up with at uh, Comic-Con that has Ryan Reynolds' autograph on it. And other than that, I never go out of my way to get them. I got you the Russo poster, right? The Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's actually personalized, too. That's hanging up in my office. So, yeah, those are the two autograph things I have, and Arnie got both of them for me. I'm so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Such an enabler. <laughs> Well, yes, Cumberbatch, the newest Marvel superhero, Doctor Strange. Now, my two-hour-plus review came out at NowPlayingPodcast.com yesterday, so I'm going to sit back for much of this. But guys, come on, what'd you think of the 14th Marvel Cinematic Universe film? Wow, I didn't know we were counting, but 14 seems like quite a bit. But at the same time, that seems about right, if I had to <laughs> guess. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a lot, but yep, they've done a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you consider three Iron Mans and all that, it does that adds up quickly, I guess. I think everybody knows I went into this movie without much expectations. I didn't think I was going to love it. I didn't think I was going to hate it. It just, you know, it wasn't grabbing me from the from the trailers. But I got in there, and the moment I knew that I was going to enjoy this movie, or at least be a proud dad, was when. At the beginning, he's in that operation, and they're kind of playing Name That Tune. And <laughs> that one song comes on, and I was, I pulled the dad thing. I get ready to lean over to Tyler and be like, hey, that's Chuck Mangione. And as I'm getting ready to say it, Tyler's like, hey, that's Chuck Mangione. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of my kid right now. He knows Chuck Mangione. And I, I don't know if it's because of King of the Hill or – or maybe he's a fan of, you know, Cannonball Run, and that's where he got his Chuck Mangione knowledge. But, yeah, that, that tone that they set right there with that type of humor, I was like, all right, I'm going to go with this. I, I can go with this. This humor is mine. I'm going to sit back and relax and enjoy the ride. So you found it funny? I think I found it funnier than the audience I was sitting with did. There was a few times where I was like, ha-ha, and I look around, and there's like nothing. I'm like, guys, that was supposed to be funny. <laughs> They're playing this for jokes here. I'll agree. It was supposed to be funny. <laughs> I went in really not knowing anything about Doctor Strange other than the toys that we've seen recently. And it was okay. I, I don't know that it was up in my favorites of Marvel movies. I laughed at a number of parts and I'm not sure I'm supposed to laugh at them. I, I did have a problem with the hand motions that looked like they were like doing interpretive dance all the time every time they had to do a power. I too had a problem with that. Like the, the opening of Portal yes. movement was the weirdest <laughs> damn thing. I had a huge problem with this cape. I felt that those scenes where the cape was alive and being silly were entirely too slapstick and very Disney-like in their humor 
like a children's Disney movie. Yeah, I can see that. On the plus side, though, I did think that Tilda Swinton did a good job. I think this is the strangest thing, but I think she's less creepy when she has no hair. <laughs> I will say this. I'm not chopping at the bit for Doctor Strange 2 walking out of that movie. You know, it's not like walking out of Iron Man going, oh, I hope they make another one. Like this one, I was like, all right, you did your job. You put Doctor Strange into this Marvel universe without it feeling shoehorned in too much. And I enjoyed the ride. So, you know, I'm not going to complain. I thought the visuals were incredible. I did not see it in 3D. I just saw a regular 2D. But, man, if I was younger and had access to acid, I think I would have had the time of my life. Definitely go back. Go see this in 3D. IMAX 3D if you can. It's incredible in 3D. Just amazing. And I don't say that much about 3D in film. I sometimes will say, like, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, that opening credits looked really good in 3D. That's where that ends. This one, I can say, every bit of it looked tremendous in 3D. Over an hour of the movie was shot for IMAX. Oh, wow. And not every bit when they were just talking, but every time magic is occurring, every time there's spells, the car accident, even just some less flashy shots, the 3D blew me away. And I saw it again in 2D, and some of the things, like the big final battle in New York, some of it didn't make sense to my eyes in 2D. I'm like, what's going on? I remember in 3D, streets were falling away from each other. Am I supposed to see that in 2D? Because it's not selling to me. And in 3D, I was just in there like, my God, it's so mind-blowing. All right. Yeah, you sold me. I'm not a huge fan of 3D normally. Like, it usually gives me a headache, but... Every once in a while, a movie comes along where I feel like maybe I need to do it. Like Tron is a good example. I thought Tron really benefited from 3D. This one, I feel like even seeing it in 2D, you can tell that the 3D is there for a reason. I will say it was a very pretty 3D. So I agree that you have to see it in 3D to fully appreciate this movie. I think a lot of it will be lost on you if you don't see it in 3D. And I typically don't ever see 3D with my eyes as I have some eye issues, but this one I could see a lot of it. So, yeah, definitely see it in 3D. The other thing I can say is, wow, it all makes sense now why Hasbro chose this line of toys to make blacklight effects. Because every time they went into the other dimension, it was like I was at Spencer Gifts. (laughs) I mean, are we doing spoilers here? Did we... Say spoiler alert. I'd be spoiler-ishy. Well, okay, I won't say names or anything, but the very end when he's doing the end battle thing elsewhere, that felt very, very much like an acid trip through a Spencer's Gifts. See, I was wondering, have they been putting these blacklight features in toys for a long time? I just never noticed... But now I'm like, nope, this was special, and it was deserved. It really ties into the movie that way. Very much so. That's the power of translucent plastic, Arnie. (laughs) Okay, I will be a complete black light Marvel figure collector. (laughs) What are we going to do with the rest of the stuff? We have to open it and test it? No, I'm saying, like, the way he buys a lot. Oh. But he will buy if translucent. Mm -hmm. I will buy if black light. All right. Mm. So I think I'm complete. I'm a completist already. I'm done. (laughs) Well, speaking of Marvel movies, rules are made to be broken, I suppose. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I willingly bought a Titan figure this week. I'm glad that you popped that cherry because I've been looking at some of those just because of the colors. Like, ooh, I really like the colors on that. Well, it's not like this is my first. When they very first came out, I bought that amazing Spider-Man. Amazing is used sarcastically, where they didn't even paint the back. Right. And then I did get, like, Rocket Raccoon with Guardians because I was just Rocket and Rocket. But... <laughs> I was in Toys R Us, and they have an exclusive pack. It's one Titan figure and three Miniverse figures. <laughs> Their grand plan has finally all come together. It's Giant Man is the Titan figure with Miniverse, Black Panther, Cap, and Iron Man. And that alone isn't enough to sell me, except the packaging, they actually put in a backdrop. Remember, they used to do really cool backdrops, like when we started this show and the Iron Man 2, three packs were coming out and they had the really cool backdrops. Mm -hmm. They stopped doing that, cheap. <laughs> but this one has the airport backdrop. I'm never opening it. It's just <laughs> amazing to see these figures in front of the airport. <laughs> that is pretty great. I mean, yes, it's a great concept, and they give you some really great characters here, but I can just not get over the lack of posability here. Everybody in this pack is standing around at full attention. Like, Giant Man's like, what's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> and Cap is like casually tossing his shield like underhand like hey check it out <laughs> but Black Panther and Iron Man are in ready stances uh, yeah to a degree Iron Man either looks like he's getting ready to stabilize himself in flight or he's like alright everybody calm down what's also cool he is flying and they actually put art of like I guess the catering truck for the airport or something in there that Cap and Black Panther are standing on. So you have Giant Man on the ground, those two on a truck, and Iron Man flying. Oh, okay. I wasn't seeing that like that. I thought Iron Man was just kind of thrown in in that negative space. But you're right. He's flying. Those guys are standing on a truck. All right. Kudos for that, Hasbro. It's awesome packaging. It, that package got me to spend $20. If you'd had these... Just like in a lineup, I'd be like, yeah, all right, so I guess I can put Titan figures with Miniverse figures if I want Giants. But the package. Oh, the package. <laughs> Maybe they'll start doing really great packaging on these and make them really hard to resist. Hmm. I think they saved their good packages for exclusives because, I mean, this is basically some repacks in a really cool backdrop, but Toys R Us bought a ton because it's only for them. Let's be clear. It's really cool looking packaging, but it's still, I saw this in the store too, it's still the cheap packaging. It's still that cheaper get grade of cardboard, and it's the cheaper form of plastic. Because I, I guarantee you somebody at Hasbro Center are going like, whoa, 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 what are you calling this awesome packaging for? It's way cheaper than even the stuff that they put in the six inch line. That package costs way more than this package does to make. Except the custom backdrop on this one costs them quite a bit, I bet. I mean, that's why they stopped doing custom backdrops and just doing, hey, we're going to use yellow. Right. <laughs> it just is a nice display piece in package. And if you open it, ruined. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to open this. <laughs> you guys are so silly. Usually you want to open a toy to see, you know, the playability. I, I can tell you what the playability is. It's two minutes of raising an arm up and now being like, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have taken it out. 
I'm tempted to get another one if they have a sale, just because I do have all the miniverse stuff, and so I'd have the giant man to go with it. I mean, if it goes on sale. Well, Christmas is coming. Unfortunately, because we're podcasting and it's not a video, you can't see my face right now. <laughs> She's so excited because she just talked about how much she wanted Titan figures. She's jumping up and down for joy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is Christmas, I suppose. Well, it's November. Christmas is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> and Amazon in late October started their gold box deals of the day, their pre-Black Friday sales. There have been some good Marvel sales going on. They had a comic two-pack, the Supreme Powers one, which you got Hyperion and Hyperion. That's two Hyperions too many. It was $9.95. Oh, remember the good old days when comic packs were just $9.95 at the, at the store? <laughs> no. What? I don't. I remember them being like 12. Yeah, maybe 12-ish. But I do not remember sub 10. Well, I remember when regular three and three quarter inch action figures with loads of articulation were four ninety nine. I also that year had to walk uphill to work with no shoes on in the snow. <laughs> I remember being turned off by Marvel Universe figures when they first started because they were ten bucks a figure, and I'm like, or maybe they were only eight. But no matter what, they were several dollars more expensive than Star Wars, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I think I think that several dollars, Arnie, was six dollars and fifty cents because that was about what they were when they came out. And then they're like, hey, wait a minute. We can put these up a little bit. They were six fifty. I would have bought it for six fifty. When I first I was at a Toys R Us, but I remember being astonished at how high priced they were. Yeah, compared to the four ninety nine Star Wars stuff at the time. And then what happened, Arnie? Though I'm confused. It's all relative, is all I'm saying. Then Amazon, and as of this recording, they still have this sale. A ton of Marvel MP3 albums, $5 per soundtrack. Deadpool soundtrack, $5. Civil War soundtrack, $5. Daredevil Season 2, Big Hero 6, Avengers, Iron Man 3, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, all $5 each. Nice. And... There's a few other albums in here that I think I can find ways to tie into superhero movies. But the funniest one was Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man, <laughs> which I picked up for five dollars because. Wasn't that one of the songs that Cap had to listen to? He yep. Was... <laughs> and it played at the end of the movie. Nice. So because Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man album was the one thing I'd never heard on the list, I've done most of Steve Rogers' list, but when Falcon said Marvin Gaye's Trouble Man, I'm like, I don't know that album. <laughs> but the biggest sale, the one where, damn it, I should have waited, the metal Marvel Legends Captain America Shield has already gone $50 off, $249. For that shield. And I bought it when we were standing in San Diego Comic-Con. There were rumors that it was going to be an Amazon exclusive. And people in the Hasbro booth are going, you'll never find it cheaper than the 280 that as Amazon has it up for right now. <laughs> yeah, except for three weeks later. <laughs> Oops. Ah, <laughs> uh, What's 50 bucks between shield collectors? I will admit the shields are mine. I have a problem. I fully take responsibility for this one. 
But I'd like to point out then the scheme of things, this is like a mere drop on the pinhead of something because my shields don't take up near as much space as, oh, I don't know, anything else you have. I'm just looking forward to the end of today's review where you tell me where I'm putting all these shields. (laughs) Oh, boy. So follow us on Facebook and Twitter, because as those bargains come up, I am posting them as fast as I can. I'm spending a half an hour every morning looking through that day's deal, so you don't have to. So just keep an eye on our social media pages. If there's a tremendous savings, I'll send out a newsletter. If it's, you know, $5 MP3s or 30 more dollars off a shield, follow us on social media. You're going to get all the bargains that way, and they're going to be coming aplenty. I'd say... You're safe to buy this shield if you want it at 250 I could see it going cheaper later, but you never know. It's one of those things, though, that I've never seen at retail. Have you, Justin? I'm not sure. I've seen some shield at Target, but I can't tell you if it's this one or that one or the plastic one. I have seen the plastic one at Toys R Us in Southern Illinois, and that's the only one I've seen at retail. Then I would guess that's the one I saw, too. Well, first of all, yeah, the... Metal One has an MSRP of $300, so you might notice the price tag, because that's a little higher than what you normally see in a toy aisle, unless you're looking at the AT, unless you're looking at the Star Wars ATACT, I guess. Right. But no, I mean, that box is so big that, like, the price tag's the last thing you look at. (laughs) Also, the plastic shield comes in a black box. The metal shield comes in a very nice wraparound art white box. Okay, the front of the box has a big old 75th anniversary cap logo on it. Then it's definitely the plastic one I saw because it was a neat looking black box. Now, I should probably just return this shield and then buy it again because we only got our shield now a week ago because the first one I got, I think I mentioned this last episode, literally had fallen out of the box because of Amazon's wonderful shipping. It wasn't shipped in the shipping carton. It was shipped in the retail package. So it was not even tape shut. The tape on both ends had come undone. The shield had obviously fallen out. It was scratched up all over. It was dinged on the sides. They sent me a new one. It came into the shipper box. It was pristine. Now, I saw the one that they sent to me that fell out of the box. It had scratches all over it. We first saw this in New York when we were there for Comic-Con. At the Think Geek store, their display model had scratches all over it. I can say, coming out of the box, there are no scratches on this shield. It is pristine. So that means it scratches real easy. (laughs) And here I'm terrified because I'm holding it. Uh, More terrified than the other, other ones that you've reviewed in the past? You know, no, I'm not as terrified of the FX shield as I am of this because I know of Having seen the other scratched one, I know that if I look at this wrong, it's going to scratch. But let's go ahead and review this shield and compare it. We already reviewed the MSRP $100. I think I paid $80 plastic shield. And I've got that one in my hand while Marjorie has the metal one in hers. Still afraid. Just want to point that out. Now fight. They're the (laughs) same size. They're both 24 inches. That is pretty much where the similarities come to an end. Oh, yeah. The paints are completely different colors, too. I mean, that's like one of the big glaring differences. And the star is different on the metal shield, too. Yeah, let's start. The metal shield has what I consider more classical Captain America colors. 
The red is a brighter red, kind of like a sports car red. The silver is a nice silver. The blue is this really shiny blue that's dark unless you get a lot of light on it. And then it hints towards sky blue, maybe not quite that high, but and the star, this gorgeous metal with a whole bunch of hatch lines coming through it like you see. I'd almost say that the metal one's like the movie version of the shield, whereas the plastic one may be more comic. The red is far darker. What would you call this red? That's more of a, like an oxblood almost, like a little bit lighter than an oxblood. The silver areas are really just a shiny gray, and the blue is so dark it borders on navy. Yeah, that one is really navy. Hmm. And the stars both have little notches at the points, but the plastic one does not have the hatch lines that meet in the middle. Ah, all right. And I mentioned when we reviewed the plastic one, I see the pegs in the back where I think they've snapped it all together. I can't find anything on the back that shows where the metal one is attached. Can you, Marjorie? No, there is nothing on the back here that even shows that. And yeah, there's not a single rivet on the back except where the straps are. So I think this is one piece of metal that they have painted and painted very well. I see just in the grooves a little bit of some of its red, some of its silver when looking between the rings. But I mean, I had to get up there with a macro lens and it looks really clean. And the paint, it's got that brushed look to it. It just looks like brushed aluminum in the red, the blue, and the silver. And it's so even. It's and if you don't scratch it, it's gorgeous. Now, what about weight? Do you feel like it's much heavier than the the previous plastic one? The metal one is so much heavier. It's just night and day because I photographed the metal one and I haven't touched the plastic one since we reviewed it. And I go to pick up that plastic one and I prepare for just a little bit of heft. It's like light. <laughs> huh. Now, what about the inside? Is this metal on the inside as well? It is metal on the inside. It actually is like an unfinished, burnished kind of metal. You can see the stripes where they've made the different layers of the shield, like the circles. Okay, so you see circles there. See. Yeah, but it's just grooved in. It doesn't look like parts. No, it's not parts. I will say that the straps, how are the straps on that one? They're thinner than the ones on yours, and yours... They're thicker. They feel like a higher quality material. They feel like they could be real leather, whereas this feels like vinyl. Well, they don't smell like real leather. I'll tell you that much. Not yet. (laughs) These feel so cheap compared to the FX Collectibles one. Here, feel this strap and tell me if... Oh, yeah, that is a lot thinner. But I think these both pale in comparison to the FX Collectibles straps, which are these amazingly soft, buttery leather. They feel worn. You know, they're just like perfect. They've got that good leather smell when you take out its package. You're right. Neither of these are probably leather. But here's what I'll tell you. We were told by several FX Collectibles collectors, and I think it even says in the instructions, those straps are decorative. You are not intended to hold the shield by its straps. No. And while Marjorie has had good luck in a couple of photo ops doing that, other collectors have said they held it by the straps and the shield just tore apart, like tore off the straps and fell. These straps, you can definitely carry the shield with on both of them. These shields were made for carrying. And that's just what I'll do. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures on Amazon of both of them. And on the plastic one, 
that's definitely some fake toy plastic leather type of thing. On on this current one, it's hard to say. I mean, it looks like it could be leather or it could be plastic with some stamping on the top of it to make it look like leather. Marjorie's right. It doesn't have the smell, but it feels so sturdy and solid that I wondered. So it really is night and day between these two shields. I wasn't sure if it would be. I mean, I knew one was metal and one was plastic, but I didn't expect the wealth of difference in heft, in look, in paint, in design. Everything about the metal one screams quality, whereas the plastic one screams toy. Well, it seems like the price reflects that as well. Yeah, I think you got two different price points, two different materials. Be fine with letting a little kid carry the $80 one, but certainly not the metal one. And you said it doesn't feel as nice as the FX collectible one. But you know where the biggest difference is? And you're going to think I'm crazy for this. I just know it. And perhaps it's maybe just because I'm a shield connoisseur. But if you look around the edges on the inside of the FX collectibles one versus this metal one, night and day difference. The FX collectible one is a nice, rounded, seamless, like it's actually carved out of one piece of metal. This one has like a lip like a pot lid. Totally different, and it just doesn't have that same organic feel. I'll agree, but my feeling is if you want a prop replica that is cheaper, because this is literally half the price of the FX Collectible Shield, and the FX Collectible Shield has gone up in price since it sold out, and this has already gone on sale for 50 bucks off. So if you look at it that way, it's well under half the cost. If you're Wanting something gorgeous to display. You could hang this on a wall and be very proud of it. You could carry it to a con and be very accurate and just take care of it or prepare for the scrapes or maybe coat it with a clear coat to protect it or something. But this is honestly, in my mind, a nice prop replica, if not exacting. Whereas the toy was the toy, the plastic one. I I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, pretend there's no FX collectibles out there making a slightly superior product. I think your review of this thing would probably go up by a few percentage. That's true, because I wouldn't have, like, the gold standard already there. This would be the gold standard. Because it is certainly better than the cat toys one I got. That one was plastic, and this plastic one is better than that. Yeah. And then it is... Still not as good as the King Arts one, though, either. That King Arts one is really put together nice, and it's got that great substantial feel to it. Again, not as good as FX, but it's up there. The nice thing about this, though, the King Arts one is not intended to come off the base. I've looked, and if I really wanted to get out of Phillips and take the base apart, I could detach Mm -hmm. it, I'm sure. But it's meant to stay on the base. The wall-hanging one is meant to stay in its frame. This... And the FX one, you can carry around, you know, at least pose for photos with and whatnot. I think this is good. I've seen so many people with the FX collectible shield at these cons getting the shield signed. Now, some people just do Chris Evans. Marjorie did that. <clears throat> some people do just the Captain America people. So they get Frank Grillo, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan. And then some people, if you were in a Marvel thing, I saw... Charlie Cox, Daredevil, signing a cap shield because that was just what that guy had signed. 
this is a far better option. And in fact, Marjorie and I talked about, well, do you want another shield that you get more signatures on? This $250 shield is a wonderful autograph book. I'm you, not doing that, though. I'm saying for you, other people's uses. I yes. suggest getting maybe a drum case, a symbol case to carry it in and protect it. But I think it would suit that purpose well. I, I find uses for this one that I didn't really see for the $80 one. Although I guess you could get the $80 one signed by everybody too. I just, I didn't think it looked worthy of that. And I don't know that the marker would stay the way it would on metal. Yeah, that's that's a good concern, I guess. So yeah, I I actually really like this shield. It's not for everyone at $250, but I just walked away with so much of a better feeling about it. But I still don't know what Marjorie's going to do now with these shields. I mean, where are we putting them? You think you're sly, don't you? I'm just asking a question. Well, we're going to display them. Where? Well, I don't know yet. Both of them? The plastic one and the metal one? I think I may have to, yeah. I have a feeling that, you know how some people collect clocks and you go to their house and every room has a clock in it? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to come in and go into the study and there's a Captain America shield on the wall. That's kind of cool. You have a shield. And then we have you into the dining room and there's a Captain America shield on the wall. (laughs) Well, you guys have so many at this point, it's almost like you could have your everyday shields. And then, like, your guest shields, like when fancy people come over, you bring out the good shields. Justin, if you come visit us, we'll put out the good shields. Nice. Marjorie <laughs> is the Zamelda Marcos of Captain America shields. I might have a problem. <laughs> Speaking of bargains, be sure to check out our sponsor, Dorkside Toys, as we go into the holidays. It may not be Marvel-related, but I was astonished. Their Rogue One Black Series figures are $15 a figure. Wow, already? Yeah, and they have the Death Trooper figure in stock, ships within 24 hours for $14.99. Wow, thanks, Cooler. (laughs) Yes, I did pre-order a case. (laughs) I mean, it would be common if I said, yes, they have the Ray figure, because she was shipping before, and she's $15. Or maybe Jin, because I see her everywhere. But K2SO, Death Trooper... Cassian Andor, Unmasked Kylo Ren, Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. $14.99. Crazy. Uh, episode 4 Luke, $14.99. Episode 7 Finn, 8 bucks. Wow. And if you don't have Finn by now, what have you been doing? Meanwhile, if you want to talk what we discuss, Marvel figures, they have most of the Space Venom Wave in stock, ready to ship within 24 hours. They've got the Ultimate Spider-Man... Ashley Barton, Electro, as well as Iron Skull from the Abomination Wave, Captain Britain, Eel, and then coming soon in November, X-Men figures, Doctor Strange Legends. I'm eyeballing this 12-inch Captain America figure for only $29.99. That is a dang good price. And also, there are just a ton of new Marvel pops coming. Cable, Archangel, Quicksilver, Psylocke, Sabretooth, Storm, all coming in December, all available for pre-order at Dorkside Toys. And remember, please use the link to our homepage for Dorkside Toys, or tweet to them and let them know you heard about this on our show. Well, while we're talking about cool things for sale, Mondo, they're not just for posters anymore. What? They've been doing high-quality collectible vinyl for a while, and I try, try, try not to be a hipster. The only turntable I have is USB, but I have just fallen in love with 
Marvel soundtrack vinyl collecting when they came out with the Captain America album that was just the shield. And when we were at New York Comic Con, Mondo put out their Luke Cage vinyl soundtrack and the packaging was so awesome. I got in, I got that first printing. It came this week. Well, they've just announced they are making companions, Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones albums. Unlike the Luke Cage one, these are strictly limited to 3,000 copies apiece. And they're gorgeous. The Daredevil one, the case is red, the records are red, that comes with a nice fold-out book and sleeve. Jessica Jones, of course, everything is purple. <laughs> Here's where I'm going to come down on this. You're right, it's a little hipster to collect vinyl. But what you're collecting here is almost art above anything else. And... Since it's music, you don't necessarily need to open it and play it because you can get that music digitally. For $5 at Amazon. Exactly. So it's <laughs> almost like buying a, a Blu-ray with the DVD code or the download code, never putting that Blu-ray in your machine and having the digital copy. But here you also get really cool packaging. Yeah, these are nice packages. And I'll be honest, I'm getting so close to hooking that turntable up analog to my receiver and listening to that in my home theater just to see if people are right about the richness of vinyl. They are. They, they are. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like that pop and that hiss. Well, hopefully these albums won't pop and hiss because they're new and on heavy vinyl. But that vinyl. sound, though, it's like you hear it and it instantly takes you back to vinyl and different things. You know, I can add that to the background of all your MP3s if you'd like. Yeah, but it'd still be digital. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Now, I have spent much of the past time since our last show obsessed with Sideshow Collectibles. They did their spooktacular. Okay, but I have to clarify. People are like, oh, Arnie was obsessed. You don't understand. He would wake up in the middle of the night and check his phone and see if there are codes. <laughs> Because when someone turns on the phone in your bedroom, it's pretty bright. <laughs> I'll tell you, I uh, we have a group conversation going on with this. And when I go to bed, I put my phone on Do Not Disturb. And when I wake up in the morning, I turn it on. And that's when I get all my notifications. And that first day, I was like, oh, my God, who died? I have like a thousand messages. I'm like, <laughs> oh, OK, I see what's going on here. <laughs> Arnie? You need to stop. That wasn't me. Okay. It was no, it wasn't just him. Okay. Actually, if I go back and look at the history of it, Arnie's stuff was all during like normal hours. Not like three o'clock in the morning when he got up to use the bathroom and decided to check and like wake me up with being on the phone for five minutes. No, because there was never a code then. But they gave away codes for reward points. I mean, that is money right there. And they gave away $75 in codes and... Some were only valid for five minutes. You had to be there. And I got all of them. <laughs> I stalked their site. I didn't win any of their contests. And perhaps this ended up costing me more because now on my bucket list of items I desperately need is that life-sized carnage I didn't win. Hmm. But with the spooktacular, not only did I get free money that I haven't yet spent, I'm hoarding it for when they come out with another maquette like Galactus and Sentinel, neither of which I paid for because of reward points. But they did put up for sale some new premium format figures. First is that Rocket and Groot that we saw at San Diego. Oh, yes. That one's beautiful. Well, it turns out those are beautiful as that's two separate statues. Oh, oh, okay. Uh -huh. They know what they're doing. 
The Groot is $600. Yikes. And the Rocket is 280 If you buy both, you save $50. All right. We knew that was coming, and I knew I had to have it. So, and I love the exclusive Groot comes with a interchangeable arm, and you can have just a tree attack arm. <laughs> Very nice. But if that wasn't enough, surprise! There was a totally unannounced premium format figure put up for order. It was not shown at San Diego. It was not shown in New York. There have been no rumblings about it online, but bam! A brand new black cat premium format figure. Oh boy, right in your sweet spot. He likes the black cat. Now, if we go back in our history, I want to think that it was a black cat premium format or a black cat statue that really got Arnie on this path of upper scale Marvel collectibles back in the day. I think like maybe our second or third episode, you had a black cat that we reviewed. Did I? <laughs> was it her? Was it the bust? Because um, we've had that for a while. That was a gentle giant mini bust that I got. Yes. They did make a Black Cat premium format figure before before we ever did the show. It was her classic outfit. She was kind of leaning up against a cracked safe. But this one is her Marvel Now look. <laughs> I actually reached out and asked Umberto Ramos if this was his design. And it is a modified version of his redesign when Black Cat came back kind of evil and pissy during the whole Superior Spider-Man run. With the cat eyes on the shoulders and the... Oh, is that what those are? I thought it was just the yellow accent. Because I was about to say, this is cool looking, but it almost looks like an X-Men character more than, than Black Cat. Yeah, those are supposed to be cat eyes. I can see it. Yeah, I can kind of see it. What's she doing with the barf bag? Do you know the story behind that? <laughs> the barf? Th that's her loot. She stole that. In a lunch sack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that is the exclusive alternate hand bag of jewels. Oh, <laughs> uh, they should have gone with like a purple velvet or something that just looks too much like a paper sack now that you've said that i will never display my exclusive piece <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry to ruin it but they did make her with that exploding base so they're really doing this like spider-man explosion theme so the hobgoblin they're coming out with the green goblin the two spider-mans and now black cat they're all in this massive exploding area that will just make a pretty amazing display when all put together yeah that's pretty cool and she's stepping on a little piece of roof that you know adds to it it's not like she's just standing on a, a smoke pile with her barf bag with her barf bag <laughs> So that was unexpected. I sat around this whole con waiting for the Venom and the Carnage premium formats that we saw at New York that I wanted to lick the glass on. And they haven't put those up yet. But You didn't sit around the whole con and wait for those to be put up. I sat around the whole spooktacular waiting for the Venom and Carnage to be put up that we saw at New York Comic Con. The ones where I sent you and... Daryl away for a while as I needed some private time with those statues in the booth. And two hours later, you came looking for me. Yes, yes, yes. That's a true story, by the way. Two hours. Wow. I needed photos. Mm -hmm. Close up macro photos. <laughs> Meanwhile, me and Daryl just hung out then. And, you know, it was very weird 
to go back and find Arnie. He's a little spent. <laughs> it's not as bad as when Andrew saw some of the hot toys at Celebration last year. Or like it was like imagine it like in a movie when somebody sees a person they fall in love with and everything around them just like stops. That's how it felt for me in Carnage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now this black cat, I mean that's that's a pretty cool looking piece. I, I will give him that. The the face is really neat looking, and I'm digging the quilted look in her in her outfit there. That gives it some nice detail. If I'm being perfectly blunt, I wish they would have gone with the classic look. I think this look is a passing fancy. It's the Marvel now look. It's not the Marvel then look. You know, it's not the Marvel upcoming look. This look is going to last a few years, and then we'll probably be back to something more classically inspired with the fur collar and no yellow. Sure, you can say that about movie adaptations as well, though. Yes, I can, but that's different if it's a movie character. You know what I'm saying? If she shows up like this in Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm all good. All right. But as you might imagine, spending a lot of time at Sideshow's site and in forums with other collectors can lead to some unexpected purchases. Not just the black cat. <laughs> God. I don't even know. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> Might be about a year ago. Maybe less. But not much less. When Sideshow put out the Age of Ultron Hulk maquette, where we said he was like, looks like he's throwing the discus. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> With the purple pants. <laughs> And it was $750. Yep. And the exclusive edition only came with like a nameplate. And so I said, that will go on clearance. I will save money. Dang it. I don't need a nameplate. Well, I didn't realize edition sizes had been announced for these. They're small. The exclusive edition, 200 pieces only. Whoa. The regular edition, 750 pieces. Huh. The exclusive edition was, of course, waitlisted, which between just us, don't don't know, podcast it or anything. Spread the yeah. <laughs> I believe the waitlist to sometimes be a marketing tool of no. you're gonna miss it. Go spend the money, but it may have worked, and I waitlisted the exclusive one of only two hundred ever made Hulk maquettes and. Not that I think a waitlist isn't a valid thing, but it just so happens just a few days later, my waitlist was activated. I'm getting one of only 200 of those. <laughs> and there's only 198 left, so hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have joined waitlists and had them denied if I did it after they shipped and whatnot. The fact that these aren't even shipping for a couple more months, well, I don't know. But yeah, I broke down. Well, I'm about to test your waitlist theory because the thing we're about to talk about is currently waitlisted. And I'm kind of thinking about maybe getting another one just for posterity's sake. Don't go down that path, Justin. <laughs> yeah, hot toys aren't something that you buy one to open and one to keep mint in box. That's no, 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 no. They might be. No. Well, not only do I have a couple Wolverines for you so that we I could. I only had one Wolverine. No, we have the one from. The Wolverine, so we can have him in full, like, funeral trench coat, and then one where he can be stripped down wife-beater Wolverine. Yeah, I got wife-beater Wolverine. I really like wife-beater Wolverine. Well, I also, over Spooktacular, may have started troop-building hot toys. Oh, boy. Sideshow put a sale on the Chitauri 2-pack, which I have one of from when it came out. 
You have one two-pack or you have one Jatari? One two-pack. Okay. And they put it for $100 off. I'm like, screw you, that is not enough of a sale. But it got me thinking, how much is enough of a sale? So I Googled it. It took me to popculture.com, which if you're not familiar with them, you don't collect pop vinyls. I've ordered from them many times in the past because they're an Australian store that got like all the convention exclusives and then would ship them to us until Funko put the kibosh on that. And it turned out they had the Chitauri. Wow, they've gone up in price a dollar since I ordered. It's probably the exchange rate that changed, honestly, because I'm looking at U.S. dollars converted from Australian dollars. But they had both the Chitauri Foot Soldier and the Chitauri Commander. Now, the singles, not the double, for $76 a figure. That is over 100 bucks off that figure. Whoa, sub 75 or sub $80 for a hot toy. Any hot toy. Do we need to pause here, Justin, so you can get some Chitauri? Hold on a second. <laughs> now, that's that's a really good deal. They also have the mechanic Tony Stark for $100 off, too. $154 versus the $250 retail. So, I went ahead and I bought two more Chitauri Foot Soldiers and one more Chitauri Commander. And shipping from Australia was around $15 to $20 per Hot Toys figure. But still, that's under $100 per Hot Toy. I got three Hot Toys figures for around $250-ish. I can't get mad at a good deal. It's hard to get mad at a good deal. Now, strangely, I always thought two-packs were supposed to be a bargain. But Pop Culture does have the two-pack. And it is cheaper than even Sideshow's spooktacular price. They have it for $270. But that's still $120 more than if you just bought the two figures individually. (laughs) There are exclusive weapons in the two-pack, three different guns, but I'm like, I have a two-pack already. I can troop build without those exclusive guns. Yeah, completely. So if you're looking for some hot toys, I can say that Pop Culture has always shipped to me securely and quickly, and these things shipped out to me within 24 hours. I don't have them yet because they have to go through customs, but that is a remarkable savings. I may be adding Chitauri to my Hot Toys collection. Because you didn't buy any, did you? No, I didn't. That's that's almost too good to pass up. And just to remind people, the MSRP for the Chitauri 2-pack was 470 Man, I'm even kind of looking at that Mandarin Hot Toy <laughs> who's on sale for 115 <laughs> They put the Mandarin with, like, double reward points and discounts during Spooktacular, where you could get them for... If you count reward points as money, $90 shipped from Sideshow. Wow. He went wait list real quick. Yeah, that's Trevor for you. I actually got on the wait list. It did not convert to a real order because I was thinking I might be able to find some custom clothes on eBay and put them in soccer hooligan outfit. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) That one might be worth it just for the combat boots alone. What about the chair he comes in? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. But I'm sure a lot of people bought $90 mandarins to flip. So if people want to buy mandarins from a U.S. seller, I'd be hovering around eBay right now. But yes, we are going to talk about a Hot Toys figure now. Justin, remind me, because we talk a lot on the show, but my impression is that you don't actually buy a whole lot of Hot Toys. You're hit and miss on the Iron Mans. You get 
pretty much the die cast ones. You buy what you like in that line. I don't know what other Hot Toys figures you've gotten like in the past year. Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of kind of sad, but the Hot Toys I've been getting have been more on the Star Wars side. It's because you know I don't I don't have armoritis like you do, so I can have a. I think what I have is actually called Armoria. Armoria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have Iron Patriot. I have a couple different Iron Men. I think the last Marvel-based hot toy that I got was the the Rocket and Groot two-pack, and that's been a while ago. Well, that only got delivered a few months ago, but it went on order (laughs) like a year and a half or so ago. (laughs) Yeah, but oddly, you know, my, my hot toys up until Deadpool have been, you know, I had to grab Boba Fett, and I've been grabbing... Some of the Star Wars Stormtroopers and and stuff like that and Captain Phasma. But yeah, Deadpool is the first one I've I've been super excited about in a long time. When he showed up this week, it made my day. Well, I am all in on Marvel Hot Toys. The truly sad day when everyone can shed a tear is if they come out with the Rhino. I think that you'll be shedding the biggest tear. No one else is going to cry for you, Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) But out of all of them, the one I've been most excited for has been this Deadpool this year. I mean, honestly, I've talked about it before. Justin, we need to have you come over for a... An unboxing party. Yeah, because I have so many that I haven't even opened yet that I really just... I need to get a display organized for these. I have a plan. I just have to now execute that plan. If only we had some Cylons. But the Deadpool one, I'm like, I got to open that. We've reviewed almost one year ago, exactly, Sideshow's 12-inch Deadpool. And so I felt like we needed to follow that up and review this Hot Toys Deadpool. The actual Deadpool. Now, strangely enough, this is the first collectible to represent Ryan Reynolds in this outfit. We've had a lot of Deadpool this year. None of it has been the movie outfit. In fact, this is Ryan Reynolds' first hot toy, right? They did not make him in his Blade 3 outfit. Uh, but did they do, uh, I was gonna say did they do a Green Lantern, but I doubt it. I don't think they did. There's a sideshow Green Lantern, but I don't think that's Ryan Reynolds. It looks more like a young Martin Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they solicited one back in 11 when the movie came out, but I can't find any evidence that it ever came out. I think it's sitting in a back room somewhere with first classes Xavier and Magneto and Mystique and the Rhino. (laughs) (laughs) But really, the Deadpool movie outfit is so comic accurate. It's so hard to tell. You know, I know there's little details that set this one apart and say this is definitely the movie one from this specific movie. But you look at all the Marvel Legends and things, there's a lot that... I would throw in the close enough category. Oh, yeah. I think the one thing that stands out between the two is this is the first real world version of this costume. And therefore, whatever material his suit is made out of, you know, with that texture on that red, that is unique to the movie, to my eye. In every other outfit he's in, it's either just straight up cloth or something stretchy that he's wearing. But here, this is some sort of thick, almost like Kevlar type of textured material. Now, I've got a lot to say about this toy, and I'm sure we're going to get into some pretty good details. But when I was opening the figure, 
I happen to notice that this may be the most well endowed <gasps> hot toys figure ever. Oh my god, it is. <laughs> He's packing some heat. I wonder if your pants are pulled up higher than mine because mine has a little bit of, you know, there's some ballroom in there, if you will. Don't take this the wrong way, but it's actually solid. It's not the pants bunched up. <laughs> now you got me feeling a, a figure's crotch. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Justin. But, I mean, it's solid in ours. I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm poking your junk. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, is, it, is it shaped? Now I'm curious. No, it just feels kind of like a wedge. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if, like, you have his legs far further back than mine. or No. no nope, this nope. is how it was in Are the you- box. I, I was taking boxed photos, and I'm like, there's a package there. <laughs> Maybe that's what the delay was all about. Reynolds kept... Sending it back to like, all right, let's increase the bulge a little bit. It's got bulge. Did you feel his junk too, Arnie? Yeah. All <laughs> right, we can talk about other things, but I found that very funny. Like, Deadpool's the one figure they could get away with the cod piece under the pleather on. <laughs> well, I have another problem. Let's continue talking about his, I guess, groin area. He has some serious hips going on, right? Like, he's really hippie. Hmm. With all these pouches, it's hard to tell. But, do you, I mean, it looks like he's just, he can't have more than seven or eight children with those hips, I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, if you give him a bit more of a wide stance, as is accustomed, as is necessary for the stuff between the pants there, I think that it doesn't look that bad. Okay. But he still has a large package, right? That's what I'm seeing. Maybe you guys got an exclusive version that I'm not getting. <laughs> The junk in the front exclusive. I can't believe you don't have his package. Seriously? Honest with you, it's not predominant, and I just don't know if maybe... Uh, yeah, see, you guys got a front wedgie going on. <laughs> I didn't yeah. do that. You look. I mean, you look from the side, it's out there. Weird. Your pants are on tighter than mine. Because <laughs> look, mine doesn't necessarily have all that going on. Am I crazy? Well, pull up his pants. <laughs> I think it might just be an outfit issue. Have you played with yours much? We still talking about Deadpool? <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you played with your Deadpool figure, posed him and such? Uh, to a degree. Like you were saying a little bit earlier, I was a little scared off by the instructions saying not to go too extreme with the poses as you could rip the outfit. But yeah, I mean, I've given him a little bit of a, a pose party going on. And I don't know that maybe that stretched his pants down a little bit further. But I just wonder if, yeah, like if I spread his legs... There's a good half inch of material, if not more, between where his crotch is and the material ends. I have that as well. Okay. And I still have a package. So we have variants here. You said you want to get another one. Maybe you need the big crotch Deadpool. I dare you to call up and say, yeah, my friend's Deadpool Hot Toys has a bigger penis than mine. I was wondering if I could get one of the ones with a big penis. (laughs) Did you get a, is there a different true type body going on or what's the deal? (laughs) So is that what we're going to do? We want to start with nitpicks on this thing? Because I have one or two. (laughs) Yeah, then we'll praise the hell out of it. But let's start with the nitpicks. Okay. On his right leg, just below his his gun holster, he has a strappy thing with some pouches that just does not want to stay there. It keeps sliding down his leg on mine. Really? I'm not going to try to slide mine, but it has not yet fallen. Well, you're lucky. Because mine keeps falling down like it's a garter on a wedding night. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you tighten it? It appears to have a buckle. I, I think it's fake. Okay. I said it appears. Yep. 
And other than that, the only little issue I'm having, and this is just on my personal one, is that on that strap right above it for his holster, there's a little piece of material that's supposed to be glued down, and it keeps popping up. And I just push it down, and five minutes later, it comes back up again. Mm. So a little bit of a defective glue app there. Right away, I like this one so much better than the Sideshow one, though. When I opened the Sideshow one, yes, it had more pouches, but they started falling everywhere immediately. <laughs> Those things popped off like popcorn. The pouches on this one, it says don't remove them, and I'm not planning to, but they're on there, it seems. It doesn't look like they're going to fall everywhere. No, and, you know, I don't think you're supposed to open them. Like, no. if you just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> mess with it feels like they're just glued down yes the instructions say don't open don't mess with i'm scared to touch this now hot toys are gorgeous but fragile yeah i have one more nitpick before i'm done with nitpicks and it it's on the back and it's there's this black piece of material on the very back of his neck and it, it feels like it's more structural than anything else because on mine it's the seam lines are crooked it doesn't seem like it's actually a shape like, it looks like it was supposed to be maybe somewhat of a rectangle, but it seems like an afterthought that they put on there just to keep everything from popping off. You know what? I'm looking at mine. It it hides the zipper. There's a zipper down the back, and at the very tip top, I can see the zipper is split, and where the zipper is, is hidden by that cloth. Oh, yep. And now when I rewatch the movie, I'll be looking for that to see if that was in the movie. They gotta hide the zipper somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I gotta give this some credit, though. This thing looks awesome. Now, the head is plastic and the body is cloth. So, right away, we're in that Mego land I know you don't like, Justin, because I'm thinking of Mego Spider-Man. <laughs> but they did a good job of, like, texturing the head and texturing the pleather so it matches really well and the color matches really good. The sheen is a little different as you're going to get from different materials, but it looks of a piece. Oh, yeah. It's not like you said, it's not so distracting that it's like, oh, look at the plastic head. You have to touch it to find out that it's a harder plastic than the actual material below it. I can tell you from looking from about three feet away that I could not tell that the head was a different material. It looks pretty good. I, I do think it's funny that he does have his little nubbin on the back. And it's hard. It's not like they just bunched up anything. His poof of fabric, I don't know what you call it there, is pretty authentic. And then just looking at the detail, at the pouches, at the straps, at his buckle. This thing, I mean, I'm going to be looking at the movie a new way next time I watch it. I'm going to be like, well, is that right? Is that right? Is that right? But this really just feels like it leapt off the movie screen. I think that they have got the perfect and just amazing red color for this suit. Pulling up pictures and looking at the movie, because it's not bright red. No. It's not. Despite what you see at Comic-Cons with Chef Deadpool and everybody else Deadpool. That's comic Deadpool where it is yeah. bright red. But in the movie, it was a deep red with no wine in it, you know, and no mauve tones. And I think that they got it perfect. And actually a little bit better than what all the production photos had shown. Like, I'm looking at Sideshow's site right now, looking at all the, the pictures that they put up. And even there, the red seems oversaturated. Here, it feels movie accurate. You know, and in looking at movie stills, they've got all the nice seams and detailing on the front down really well too as well as the detail on the shoulder pauldrons 
and everything else. And, you know, I guess this is a rough job, but they even got the stuff right on the butt because the butt was on one of the posters and it popped up in my image search. But they did give him a nice round butt and the proper seams on the butt like in the movie. I I do have to wonder if this is just one of their standard bucks or if they spent some time actually crafting a body to be the right proportions to look like Ryan Reynolds. Because normally when we get to a hot toy of a human, we talk so much about how they nailed the likeness in the face. Well, here, there's not so much of a face that they have to nail because it is a mask, which they did a great job of, but it's just as much the body that has to match the character on screen as well. This is a newly developed body. Awesome. So this is not their standard type two. I'm almost like I'm not going to do it, but I, I would really love to see what articulation is under here because I'm feeling differences in his abdominal region. There's some different points of articulation. Per Sideshow's page, there's over 30 points. Oh, yeah. Got some good swivel articulation in the shoulder region. You're right. There's good ab crunch here. Now, per the instructions, you cannot lift the arms more than 45 degrees or the legs more than 45 degrees. So not every pose in the movie is going to work out for you. No. I think at the end of the day, though, what I would really want to do is have him sitting on the edge of a shelf like he's sitting on that bridge drawing a picture. Oh, that would be great. So likeness, I think they have nailed it. I mean, like Marjorie said, color, perfect. All the textures look great. Can I bitch they didn't give us an unmasked head? Is that okay? Is it okay to say we were spoiled by what we got, but I'm still wishing we got a little more? Like, that would be a great exclusive edition accessory or something. You just can't be happy with what you got, huh? (laughs) I will say you're right. It does feel a little light not having an exclusive. Was there an exclusive edition? Is the base what makes it exclusive? Or is there just the one edition? Just the one edition. Yeah, they re- they really should have done, if not a fully unmasked face, how about just like at the end where he's lifting his mask up over his head and showing his face? That said, they went through some trouble to make sure they only had to give us one head. We talked about this when it went up for pre-order, but he comes with five pairs of eyes that are interchangeable. That's awesome. And so you can have any eye with any other eye. You can have one sad eye and one wide eye. You can have both squinty eyes, however you want to do it. And they're using new age magnet technology. (laughs) And you need it here too. And it's funny how I found this little magnet accessory. I was doing unboxing in the photo studio and I'm reading the instructions and it's like, use this tool that in the instructions look like a suction cup to take the eyes off. And I'm like, where's the suction cup? Well, (laughs) it turned out it was attached to Deadpool's back through the plastic because there's a huge magnetic piece of metal right in the middle of Deadpool's back. And that's how you hold the katanas on, is a magnet there. And so through the plastic, my magnetic eyepiece, which has little eyes engraved on the bottom, I might add. Oh, yeah, it's the Deadpool logo. It almost looks like a kid stamp. Like you could take this and put it on an ink pad and then stamp it on your hand. Oh, yeah, it does. So when I finally found this, I'm like, okay, so that's how you do it. But I, how do you take the eyes out? I keep putting it up there and it's not doing anything. You, you have to go closer to the top where the magnet is. Are you to, towards the top of the eye? Yeah. It's not doing anything? Have you done it yet before? Or is this the eyes that came with it? It's the eyes that came with it. Yeah, the first time I did it, those are kind of set in there a little bit. Like there's a little bit of a 
I don't want to say fusion, but they did stick a little bit. So you might need to get somebody with a fingernail and start to pry them out a little bit. But that is a cool way to give us ultimate displayability and far less creepy than the pull off the hair and rotate the eye feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can really get a lot of different expressions with just these eyes. But we have even more hands than eyes. We have two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve hands for him. Thumbs up. Peace sign, two for looking. Oh, wait, that's A-OK. <laughs> Pointy hand, gun hand, sword hand. The only thing we don't have is flat hand, so we could recruit re the dreamy look where he, from the poster. Yeah, that's a little weird that they didn't, didn't give us that. Well, unlike the alternate head, I'm not going to complain uh, about, oh, they only gave us 12 hands. <laughs> I went to mind did some individually articulated fingers like they've done on some Iron Man figures before. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I think with all these different options here, you can do pretty much whatever you want. And then the weapons. I mean, I kind of mentioned the katanas. But yes, a magnetic holster that goes on the back to hold the katanas there. And the holster's so thin. And yet I'm just slightly happy because it threads perfectly. It's almost like a magic trick that I could fit both swords there crossing each other. <laughs> it is nice that it's magnetic, and it's nice that the eyes are magnetic, so you can do that all you want without having any wear and tear on the actual item. There's been Hasbro toys that haven't been able to go this thin with the katana holders on his back. Yeah, and those are thinner swords overall. Yeah, this that's is a feat, and like you mentioned, it's magnetic, so it just snaps right into place on his back, which is, I think, a really awesome little touch they did there. And it's strong. It's magnet to magnet, not magnet to metal. And so it's going to go exactly where it needs to go. You don't have to worry, oh, it's off center. That's very nice. And it's strong enough to actually pull the sword out with it not popping off of his back. And the swords glint so nicely. <laughs> They're actually metal. Are they? Yeah. Oh, my God. You, you can get are... an extra one of these for a letter opener. You guys are too funny. <laughs> Real metal swords. Real metal swords, Eddie? <laughs> Nothing but the best. Then, of course, two pistols, a knife, two throwing blades, and most of this all fits in pouches on him. The knife goes by the shin, the guns go in the holster, the katanas go on the back. I've mentioned this before. When I get these figures any action figure, really, I try to find the way to display it with as many accessories as is not silly. You know, I when I was a kid, I used to display Luke with a gun and a lightsaber, and now I realize that was silly. But if he has someplace I can hang a lightsaber or someplace I can stash his gun, a holster, well, here, yeah, there, I, there's nothing I can do with the eyes, the hands, and the throwing blades are iffy, but the rest of it could all be on his person, which makes for easy display change later. Let's talk about those throwing blades for a minute. Like, I didn't know what they were at first. They look like little arrowheads, but they don't have any place to go on his body, do they? No, I looked in the instructions, and they told me where to holster everything and had nothing about those. Yep. So it's one of those things where I don't even know if he has hands that can properly hold them. So these are something that maybe just sit by his feet if you want to display them. They are small. Yeah, I mean, with one of his blade hands that, you know, is to hold a sword. You can kind of put it in between his index finger and thumb. It's a little weird, though. And looking through their photos on the Sideshow page, they don't show the throwing stars anywhere. 
it's only in the last photo where it's all accessories. And yeah, everything. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not like anything that he's holding. So I don't think you guys are missing anything. I will say also, it looks like they broke the no bending past 45 degree angle rule. Probably because they can get a ton of these. Because <laughs> they make them. Yeah, these photos were mostly done, I think, with prototypes. So, you know, if they tear the outfit, they get the seamstress to sew it again. Yeah, and you can actually see some differences between the prototype and the finished finished product here. In the, in the prototype, the texture seems a bit larger in scale than it does on the final product here in front of us. I wonder if sometimes they exaggerate that to show, though. It's possible. I just think maybe they didn't have the right material at the time. And this was, you know, something they were working on. Because that's something that I always complain about. I always complain about seams that are too big and threads that are too large. But here, none of it's standing out to me. Like, even though there are stitches and all that stuff, it doesn't it doesn't draw my eye right to it and make me think, oh, boy, little, little toy with big, real size stitching going on. I am trying to figure this out. I think the blades fit in just the fist hands. There's like this little notch between the thumb and the forefinger that looks like you should be able to get the blade in there. I'm trying and it's not quite going, but it feels like it should go there. Hmm. Let me try to get one out. Oh, I think you're crazy. I don't think there's a notch there. In his fully closed fist? Yeah. Hey. Oh, wait a minute. Is there a little tiny notch in between his... Like, where his thumb is? Uh-huh. Hmm. And it is almost perfectly sized for that, but I just couldn't quite get it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of got it wedged in there. I don't feel like I have any confidence it's going to stay. Yeah, weird accessory. Actually, it'll probably just sit in the box. Mine too. And then the final piece, of course, the display stand. Now, Justin, you say you're going to sit yours like an elf on the shelf, but... <laughs> Hmm. I'm probably going to use a display stand on mine, and it's got the Deadpool logo as well as a nice metallic emblem. It goes, like, quarter out instead of just a square base. Like a notch taken out of the corner. But you'd, you'd put it with the corner to the back instead of most of them you put it flat edge to the back. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Now, let me ask you this. Like, if you're going to use this stand, I have the stand put together, and unless you do a lot of bending with the... I don't know, the microphone stand part of it. I don't know where you're supposed to attach the clip to him because it hits right in the middle of his back. And usually those things are supposed to, like, you know, hold around the waist, right? Yes. It seems to be that there's two different ways they do it. Either it comes under the crotch like a friendly grab or it goes around the waist. So is this almost an action stand? Like, are you supposed to be putting him in, like, a jumping pose using this stand? Because it definitely doesn't want his feet to be on the ground based on how high up it is. Looking at their displays at cons, he was just standing. But what they did was they bent the arm forward, so he was standing near the front of the base. Mm-hmm. And there was no big black stick visible coming out of his head, <laughs> which would be ridiculous. Yes, yeah, yes, it would be. Yeah, if I was to use the stand, I might just use it either as an action pose, but I'd also be a little concerned about squeezing that midsection and messing up the pouches or some of those little straps in that area. I may not open all my hot toys, but I seem to have a way with these stands. Doesn't <laughs> some other hot toys have that? Yeah. Like the Boba Fett I just got came with one, but obviously Boba Fett you want to have like posing like he's jetpacking. So maybe you could use this to make the pose like he's jumping off the bridge, like, you know, with his feet crossed and, well, you don't want to put his arms above his head. 
You could put his arms straight out shooting like in that one scene during the freeze frame of the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some back photos and they have this like bent in like an S and gripping him right above the belt. Okay. But it is stiff. It's going to take some working to get soft there enough to bend. <laughs> I have to say, this Hot Toys is heads and tails above the sideshow figure. I remember when that came out, Justin, you're like, I'm waiting for the Hot Toy. And I said, if they come out with one, at least I still have my sideshow one. Yeah, the sideshow one is dwarfed. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome, awesome figure, though. I mean, it just seems it's got... I mean, even your nitpicks weren't that big, guys. I mean, little tiny things. There's nothing glaringly, like, really wrong with it. I think that they got the color right. They got the way it looks. They got the pouches. They got a lot of things right. And then your nitpicks are so minor, I am just going to pretend that they don't exist. I will say this. Our next episode is our holiday gift guide. I'd put this on it, except I don't know if you can get it anymore because it's waitlist. Yeah, I mean, it's it's secondary market at this point. And I was only half joking about testing the waitlist thing. Like, this figure is so awesome that I really would not mind having another one. But with a Deadpool 2 coming out, I can see them revisiting this figure in such a way that you'd feel like you didn't necessarily miss out on not having this one. I don't, I don't see them changing the outfit so much for Deadpool 2 that this one's going to feel radically different. And the eBay going price right now is 330 compared to 235 on Sideshow. Which is why, you know, I was kicking myself over Spooktacular. It's like the Mandarin, $90. Oh, I paid full price. All these Iron Man armors, $100 off. I paid full price. I was getting madder and madder. Whiplash Mark II, $150, $200 off. I paid full price. But you never know. Every so often, here comes the Deadpool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely don't feel like I missed out on anything by not picking up that Sideshow version, which is still available, and oddly enough, the same price as this one. It's $229, and I came with a little bit more stuff. I mean, about the same amount of hands. Headpool and the word bubbles were cool, and yes. I could see putting them with this one. I mean, maybe not Headpool as he wasn't in the movie, but you could certainly use the word bubbles. That it was really cool. That was perhaps one of the most inventive things, although they didn't have good reusability, remember? Right. Yeah, oh, I remember. Yeah. So it's kind of a one and done thing, but I still think you could go to Kinko's and make your own. But yeah, this is a great figure. It was the one I was most excited for. I'm picky. I expect a lot. I wasn't let down. And I have a feeling we're going to have a new uh, Marvelicious Podbean banner before the show goes up. Am I right, Justin? <laughs> because looking at that, the Sideshow one had a turtleneck on. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very possible. <laughs> but speaking of Deadpool, before we go, the day we're recording, I happened to notice on Twitter, Fox tweeted, there's a special edition of Deadpool Blu-ray coming for Christmas. Ooh, what can I have on it? Well, it's only a different cover. Okay, it's, that's all it is? But it's the Deadpool in the sweater, like the Van Wilder thing. <gasps> in a Santa hat. Oh. It's a Christmas sweater, and there's Christmas lights behind him. <laughs> so great, though. How many how many times am I going to own this, this movie on Blu-ray? Well, I ordered this immediately. It's already on sale, $15 off, straight through Fox. $25 for a Christmas-only cover? Yes, please. 
But they say it is going to be available at stores as well. Very nice. Then people are going to think it's a very different movie if they don't know what they're doing. They can rent this and Bad Santa as a twofer. Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) But speaking of Santa, I cannot believe it. This year is going so fast, but this show's coming out on the 9th. Two weeks from tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Wow. You know what that means. Trick to fan coma? Yep. Snap day. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's going to be watching a lot of that game with the H where they kick the oblong ball made of pigskin. Are they showing rugby here now? (laughs) It was a most thrilling victory. (laughs) I will be watching football and maybe listening to our gift guide. Yep, that is our next show, our annual Black Friday sale and gift guide. We want to know what you think. We have our ideas of what we suggest will make good gifts, but let us know. Facebook, Twitter, email show at MarveliciousToys.com. Carrier Pigeon. (laughs) Whatever you need to do to let us know what you think is a great item available now that should go on our gift guide. But I'm keeping the pigeon if you send it by pigeon. (laughs) So all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade toys in the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is a fan-run show that relies on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to MarveliciousToys.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback on Marvelicious Toys. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or post your thoughts in our forums. You can also find Marvelicious Toys on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews by emailing an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff, Scott, and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Jerry and Jeff. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. 
and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. But Black Panther and Iron Man are in Reddy's pants. Pants? <laughs> but... Oh. Now, what about weight? Do you feel like it's much heavier than the the previous plastic one? I quoteth the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. That's Randy Macho Man Savage. Wait, Macho Man was ripping off the Kool-Aid man. Probably. Wow. And if you don't have Finn by now, what have you been doing? If you don't have Finn by now. Will you ever, ever, ever? <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> Simply Arnie. <laughs> <coughs> oh, God. Oh, I thought you had a knife out. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, when Taylor Swift wore Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool outfit on Halloween, I honestly thought it was all going to just be a green screen suit. Hold up. Wait a second. I got a bone to pick about that. Taylor Swift is a wee tiny woman. Ryan Reynolds is not a wee tiny man, even though he's Canadian. So, I don't know how Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool costume fit on little tiny Taylor Swift. End rant. <laughs> I don't know if I have much opinion on it. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. So. I'm not either, so don't imply that, Justin. <laughs> I, there's, this, there, this is the first I'm hearing of it, I guess. There, oh, there, there, it made all the news. Hmm. It's the Taylor Swift sites that he goes to every day. I, I've been doing a pretty good job of avoiding a lot of news lately. Did you know we landed on the moon? We landed on the moon! Hold on, I have a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right here. What? Does Justin get that reference? Nope. You didn't watch Buffy, huh? No, I did not. That was not a weed night. I'm not a weed night at all. I have a lot of friends that tried to talk me into it, but I felt like it was way past the time of being cool by time I would have started on it. But he made Avengers, yo. Yo. The first, like, five seasons of Buffy is some of the best television ever. Actually, the f seasons two through five are some of the best ever. All right, seasons two through four are some of the best ever. But um, you got to get through, like, a half of the first season to get to the good stuff. And then it really went downhill because Joss quit. And left it in the hands of an incompetent idiot. Aha. Uh -huh.